morning's message is called Faith in Motion. Faith in Motion is the title of this morning's message, and I just hope that title excites you as we begin to have faith in motion. The Bible says this, that we go from faith to faith and glory to glory. Amen? I want to say that again. The Bible says we go from faith to faith and glory to glory. Amen. I'm excited about that because when it says faith to faith and glory to glory, it doesn't say faith to downturn to bad place to faith. It says from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And I believe this morning God's going to end some of the roller coaster rides that some of you guys have been on in your faith walk. Amen. I think it's going to be an exciting day for you. So the Bible says this in Mark chapter number five, verse 41, and it's just the last part of it. And it's when Jesus is talking to the dead girl. And he said, I say to you, arise. I say to you, arise. And I believe that's what God is saying to this church. Arise, TWBC. It's time for you to go to the next level to influence this 20-mile radius, to change the culture of what God is wanting to do in this 20-mile radius. As we're in a theme this year called REACH, it stands for Raising Eternal and Community Hope. Raising Eternal and Community Hope. And the Bible says this, that we will boast or celebrate only with regard to our area of influence that God has assigned to us to reach even you. So God has given us a specific area of influence right here at TWBC and he's assigned it to us to reach this 20 mile radius raise eternal and community hope how are we going to do that I believe there's a goal for every one of us this year in the year 2017 I believe everyone in this building will lead somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ if you're with me say I'm here Man, that ought to excite you as a believer. And we're actually working on something, or I'm actually working on something in some of these messages of showing you how to actually lead somebody to Christ. Because I, I realized this through a couple text messages and emails this past week, that I say this every week, but I've taken for granted that you may not know how to lead somebody to Christ. So get ready, because over the next few weeks, you're going to find out how to lead somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you excited about that? Amen. So some of y'all are already getting that nervousness in your feeling, because I'm cutting out the only excuse you had. You've been saying, Pastor, I would love to, but I just don't know how. But now you're fixing to know how, and so God's going to use you to change the world. And we're going to ignite nations around the world. We're going to impact a four-state area, and we're going to influence and change the culture of this 20-mile radius. And so I love to start this series of messages out with this phrase, when you know you will grow, you will arise. When you know you will grow, when you know how to lead somebody to Christ, you will grow and you will arise to the occasion. When you know how to lay your hands on sick people and pray for them to get well, you will grow and you will rise to the occasion. I believe he's causing us in this day and in this time to rise to a specific occasion. And so that's what this series is about. It's about the DNA of TWBC so we can grow and arise to all God has called us to be. And so for this series of DNA and the DNA of TWBC, we're going to explain the DNA of TWBC through the gospel of Mark chapter number five. And so I'm asking you to read this chapter at least once every single week throughout this series and watch how God begins to impact your life. And so as we jump into this morning's scripture text of of where we're gonna be, it's Mark chapter 21, and we're gonna talk about faith in motion today. Faith in motion is what we're gonna talk about today. And our definition for faith in motion is this. We live unashamed and uncompromising, amen? We live unashamed and uncompromising in our belief of scripture and follow through with corresponding actions, amen, 
Thank you, Jesus. It's not good enough to say we believe in Jesus. We're going to be unashamed about it. We're going to not compromise about it. We're going to live it out through the scriptures, and we're going to live it out through corresponding actions with the scriptures. Amen. And so I want you to be excited about that. And so today in this account, we're going to read the account in Mark chapter 5, verse 21 of Jairus, and then the interruption that happens with the lady with the issue of blood, and then the final part of the story of Jairus. And so we're going to read verses 21 through, I believe it's verse number 43. And some of you all are thinking, wow, that's a lot of scripture. Hey, you never complain when you go to a restaurant with too much food, amen? (laughs) Come on now. Man, I always wonder why people get get grumpy when we read too much scripture. Man, if I go to a buffet restaurant, I don't want no skimpy buffet on the table. Man, when I go to a restaurant, I want to get fed too much, I want to overeat, and I want to be too full when I leave, amen? Well, Jesus said, I've come that you would have life in abundance to the full till you overflow. Amen. And so we're going to get into some scripture this morning. And the Bible says this, and when Jesus had crossed again in a boat to the other side, and I'm going to stop because Jesus had just healed a demonically possessed man who has been tormented and all the people wanted him to leave. So he got in a boat and went back to the other side. And that's where we're going to pick up at. And when Jesus had crossed again in a boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him and he was beside the sea. And then one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, came and seeing him fell at his feet and he implored him earnestly saying my little daughter is at the point of death come and lay your hands on her so that she will be made well and live and he went with him and a great crowd followed and thronged about him and there was a woman who had had an issue or discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse and she had heard the reports about Jesus Whoo! come on that still excites me and she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment for she said if I even touch his garments I will be made well and immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of their disease and Jesus perceiving in himself that power had gone out of him immediately turned about in the crowd and said who touched my garments and his disciples said to him you see the crowd pressing all around you and yet you say who touched me and he looked around to see who had done it but the woman knowing what had happened to her came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth and he said to her daughter your faith has made you well go in peace and be healed of your disease and while he was still speaking there came from the ruler's house someone who said your daughter is dead why trouble the teacher any further but overhearing what they said Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue do not fear only believe everybody say that with me do not fear only believe and he allowed no one except to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he entered, he said to them, why are you making such a commotion and weeping? This child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, but he put them all outside, and he took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in the house where the child was. And taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talithia Kumai, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the little girl got up, began walking, for she was 12 years of age, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this, and he told them to give her something to eat. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I don't even have to preach after just reading that. That's just a great story, great account in the scriptures of what God is doing. And I want to talk this morning about faith in motion. What does faith in motion actually look like? 
What does faith in motion actually look like? We can pick out several accounts throughout this passage that I just read in all of Mark chapter 5 to show what faith in motion looks like. You can pick out the demonic in Mark chapter 5 verse 6. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. You can pick out Jairus in Mark 5 22. And he came and then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And seeing Jesus, he fell down at his feet. And the woman in Mark 5 25 and 26. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and had suffered much. And she had heard the report of Jesus she came up and touched the hem of his garment and was made well and made whole we can use any of those three accounts to talk about faith in motion but listen these are great accounts but they are not faith in motion they are faith in moment these accounts of these three people are not faith in them in motion their faith in the moment and the demonic who is tormented had his moment The, the, the the ruler Jairus had his moment the the little girl had her moment The woman with the issue of blood had her moment. And so they all had their moment throughout this thing. But if we want the culture of heaven to come, the culture of heaven has got to be more than a moment. The culture of heaven has to be a movement that abides right here with us. Amen. Faith in motion is not about the moment. It's about the movement. And so many of us, we get caught up in the moment of everything that's going on. Jesus in this whole story is the only example of truly faith in motion. Because he went from faith to faith to faith to faith, from glory to glory to glory to glory. The demonic man who was tormented had his moment of faith. The woman with the issue of blood had her moment of faith. And the man named Jairus had his moment of faith. And listen, I want you to have your moment of faith, but I don't want it to remain in the moment. I want it to start a motion or a movement that begins to abide. And we see the power of God continually flow and move. move, And we have faith in motion, not faith in moment. We have faith that continually goes and does things in, in, in motion. So often we read these great miracles and we connect Remember last week we talked about the divine connection. Our only purpose at TWBC is to create an environment of divine connection, a place for you to connect with the Father. That's the only thing we're here for. But so many times we connect with the wrong part of the story. So many times when we read this, we connect with the wrong part. We connect with the man who is tormented. We connect with the woman with the issue. We connect with the man who had the impossible situation. And it's okay if you have that connection with them because you have a tormenting thing, you have an issue of something, or you're up against an impossible situation. It's okay to connect with them for the moment because everybody needs their Jesus moment, but we don't want to aspire to be like the tormented, the issue haver, or the problem that's too big to handle. We want to aspire to be like Jesus in the story. And so many times we read this account and we assimilate ourselves with the wrong person. We assimilate ourselves with the one who's tormented because we're going through a torment. And if you're going through a torment, come and meet Jesus right here this morning because I know he can touch you immediately, change you eternally. He's got strength for the moment, power for the hour, and anointing for the day to change your life dramatically. If you're tormented by something, and I'm harping on this because somebody here this morning has been tormented by something for years now, and God says it's your moment to be set free. He's going to set you free. And some of you have been battling issues with stuff. And it's okay to, to, to realize you have something in common with this woman, but you're not aspiring to be a person with a bunch of issues. Come on now. That's good. 
so many times we preach this and say, who do you connect with, the tormented or the issue or the impossible situation? I've made it a point in my life to no longer connect with any of them, but to connect with Jesus and be like Jesus and be the cure in the moment, rather be in the problem of the moment. Come on now. So if you need a moment, come get your moment this morning. But don't start living in that moment. See, a lot of us, if this was us, we would have healed the demonic man and we would have never been able to get back in the boat to go to the other side. Why? Because we would have stayed living in the moment. If it was a church setting, we would have literally done this. In the moment, we saw the demonic healed, the crowds gather around, we would have had an altar call and an offering. Come on now, you know I'm right. We would have never got back in the boat to go to the other side. We would have said, revival's breaking out here. Give us an altar call and an offering so we can keep the moment going. He wasn't about the moment. He was about the motion of faith. We are about faith in motion. And we want to see God do something amazing. And so let's talk about what happens on the way to the house. It's not just what you do in the house, but who will you connect with or notice on the way to the house? It's not just what we do in this house. It's who will we connect with and notice on the way to the house. See, Jesus set the tormented man free and then got back in a boat, went to the other side. The crowds met him. The ruler of the synagogue, that one of the highest officiating people in that city or that area came to him and said, come with me to my house. My daughter's sick and about to die. And Jesus said, okay, I'll go with you. But on the way to the house, he stopped and noticed somebody. See, it wasn't about just what was about to happen in the house. It was what was going to take place on the way to the house. And so as he was going, we've got to begin to notice what was going to happen on the way to the house. Faith in motion is faith that is observant action. Faith in motion is faith that is observant action. It means you're constantly observing, ready to jump into action at any given moment. For a commonplace story about this, how it would apply in our lives, it would go something very similar to this. It would go something very similar. Joel drove to a mall in Dallas, and when he got out, he saw a crippled person sitting by the doorstep begging for some money so he could have some lunch that day. And he he laid his hands on him, prayed for him, and the man got up and went about and was able to get a job and create a healthy lifestyle for his family because of all the great things God had done for him. But Joel, I want to go to your church. No, I want you to stay here in the Metroplex and start telling about all the great things Jesus has done for you. And then you know Pastor Joel likes to eat, so he left the mall and went to a restaurant where they serve good sushi. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, if we're going to get real, let's get real real here. And we ate good sushi with his friend Derek Dillon. Where'd Derek go to? Me and Derek like some sushi. Come on. And notice his wife's over here saying, yuck. I don't want nothing to do with sushi. And we went to a restaurant, and on our way into the restaurant, this guy looks at us and said, I see your TWBC t-shirt, and I see you're part of a church. Can you come help me? My friend is sick. And we say, sure, let's go pray for them. But as we're walking out, somebody comes and bumps into us with an intent of getting a touch because they overheard our conversation with the person at the restaurant, and their life gets healed, and we stop and say, what are you, what just happened? And they tell us the whole story. But then the dude gets a phone call from his friend and says, hey, don't worry about asking the people to come pray. He's already dead. At that point, you have a decision to make. We can stay in the moment or we can stay in motion. We can stay in the moment 
and we can celebrate one healing while we grieve the death of another, or we can stay in motion. And it's when you stay in motion that you're truly walking and operating by faith. I want to encourage you, walking in faith and having faith in motion is observant action on your way to your destination, not just getting to your destination. If you are in sales, and I say this all the time, if you are in sales, the problem with salespeople in their mindset is they got a destination they're going to to make a sale, but on the drive over there, you miss 10 other opportunities to make another sale. And Jesus is not a sales pitch, amen, so it is all the more important to have faith in motion and observant action of where we're going and how we're getting there because I'm the way he wants to do something. I'm the way he wants to change somebody's life. I'm the way, as faith is in motion, he wants to see something take place. And when this man, the, the, the ruler Jairus, was coming to Jesus and he met him, he begins to go and Jesus walks with him and begins to di display faith in motion. But then that woman, can you imagine this synagogue ruler? Ruling, governing official of this land. His moment was interrupted by an unclean woman who shouldn't even been out the house. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Come on. Right. Let me put it in modern day terms. You're meeting with a, 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 a Fortune 500 business boss and a homeless man interrupts your conversation. And you got faith in a moment or you got faith in motion. You got to pick which one you're going to be. Yeah. The interruption that happens. Now let's go back and find out faith in motion. We live unashamed and uncompromising in our belief of scripture and follow through with corresponding action. Unashamed and uncompromising means this. It means that we, we live in such a way that we don't love people for what they can do. We simply love people for who they are. Homeless or Fortune 500 businessmen, we're loving them for who they are, not what they can do for our church. Come on. Quit catering to the rich people because they can give a bigger offering. When on the inside of a homeless man's heart, there could be the gifting of an apostolic leader to change nations. But because we're looking at what somebody can give, not a touch that we can give. Come on now. Ooh, I love this counts. And so we live, our definition of faith in motion is we live, and I don't want to recap too much on we live because we talked about it last week with, with authentic relationships. Go get last week's message. But we live, and that is the Zoe life, the absolute fullness of life, both essential and ethical, which belongs to God. That's how we live, in the fullness of the Zoe life of God. And we live un unashamed and uncompromising in our belief of Scripture. At TWBC, because we're trying to live faith in motion, because we connect with Jesus, not faith in moment, it may look different than we think it should look sometimes. It may look a little different than we think it should look. It may look a little unorthodox. The definition of unorthodox is this. Contrary to what is usual, traditional, or accepted, not orthodox, not scripted. It may look a little bit different here. It may look a little bit more, 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 more outgoing and passionate than some of you may be used to than a church that you came from. I'm okay with going unorthodox. I'm okay with getting out of the box. 
as long as it's faith in motion and we're looking like Jesus in the process. Now, I'm not talking about getting out of the box just to be stupid. I mean, if you're going to jump out the airplane, at least have a good parachute. Come on, baby. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. I'm all about jumping out of airplanes, but I got a chute on my back. So I'm going to be unorthodox, but I'm going to make sure it looks like Jesus in my unorthodoxness. And so when I look like Jesus in being unorthodox, I'm okay with being unorthodox. I'm okay with, 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 with questioning the status quo as long as it makes me look like Jesus. But not just to be a jerk. So some people want to question the status quo to be a jerk, not like Jesus. Okay? And then there's a line you've got to watch. You've got to keep that in check in your spirit, deep down in your heart, that you can be like Jesus, and being like Jesus, you will be unorthodox, you will be out of the box. So in that, know that, that we're going to live with the full life of God, unashamed and uncompromising, according to the scriptures, and that the way we read it, and so, and we will follow through with corresponding actions in the process. If we only stay unashamed and uncompromising and do not have actions that are constantly in motion, we are only the next generation of Pharisees. If we are unashamed and uncompromising in what we believe but don't have corresponding actions, we're only the next generation of Pharisees. And, and it doesn't matter how much we believe in healing or how much we believe in being spirit-filled or how much we believe in all the power of God that wants to come or the culture of heaven coming and abiding with us. If we don't have corresponding actions that go with what we believe, we just become the next generation of Pharisees saying we believe one thing, but we don't ever act upon it. And so we will always follow through with corresponding actions. And if you're not willing to put up, you need to shut up. Yes. The reason I live the way I live on a day-to-day basis, because if I'm going to preach it on Sunday, I better be able to put up with it on Monday. I'm not going to be one of these guys who says, I'm going to go do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, and then sit in my office and never do nothing. I mean, if that's the case, we'll rip everything out of the church and start all over. Listen, we will have faith that is in motion and we will go from faith to faith and glory to glory. And when we're on the way to where God's bringing us, we're going to have observant faith and action to touch those around us. Faith in motion. We're aspiring to be like Jesus, not like all the, the, the people who are in this story. But on the way to the house, there was an interruption. Now, Joel struggles with this part. I just had a Derek moment. <laughs> I'll tell you an office joke. Here's an office joke. I'm going to pick on my brother Derek. Whenever, Der- whenever we address Derek with something and, and, we, know he's not un- and you know, we know he's uncomfortable with it, his voice gets a little high. <laughs> and you know, Derek in his low, manly God voice, you know, you need to narrate the Bible when the God parts come because that would be awesome. <laughs> so off track at the moment, but it's okay. So when Joel gets uncomfortable with something that he's about to say that he's going to have to now hold his feet to the fire to, (laughs) my voice may crack, (laughs) just kind of like it just did. How do you deal with the interruption in your life? Joel's not good with dealing with the interruptions. 
But it's not about going to the house. It's who you're going to touch on the way to the house. And so that means if you're observant and have observant action on the way to the house, you're going to have to be looking for somebody to touch. That means get ready, Joel. Your day from time to time and more than likely every day is going to get interrupted. Amen. And I can't. Oh, man, I struggle with this. And man, if, if, if I get thrown off, it's like my whole day gets thrown off, right? And Sherry, Sherry, hush, I mean, she's amening more than any time she's ever messaged in, amened in my life. And, 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 and the interruptions that are God interruptions, not for the sake of checking your Facebook status, but God interruptions, not because you want to do a 140 character Twitter post, but a God interruption. Come on now. But the true God interruptions, you got to learn to embrace. You got to learn to touch as you're going to the house. And the interruption happened. The interruption may end up bringing greater illumination. The interruption may end up bringing greater illumination. And I want to bring this down to a point in your life. If the interruption may truly end up bringing greater illumination, why do we not embrace the interruption? This is where Joel's changing. I'm talking to myself here, okay? Why do I not embrace the interruption in my life? Because if I really believe the word of God in Romans 8, 28, that he works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose, if I really believe that, and it's not a cliche comfort verse in the moment when times are bad, if I really believe Joel, God works all things, all things, all things, even interruption things, together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose, I need to learn to embrace the interruption because the interruption will only bring greater illumination to the gospel and the kingdom of God. And I'm not the only person in this room who struggles with interruptions. Amen. I'm not the only person in this room who struggles with this kind of stuff going on in your life. But in this, when you struggle with this, you need to take a step back, just like I've had to focus on doing the past three months of my life, taking a step back and embracing the interruption because it may can bring greater illumination moving forward into the things, into the kingdom of God. So let's give an overview right quick. In Mark 5, 24, Jesus went with Jairus. Jesus is still with you. Even in the interruption, Jesus is still with you. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. Hey, Jesus was still with Jairus, and they were walking, and a woman with the issue came up and had gave them an interruption. Jesus never left Jairus. He didn't leave Jairus and say, wait here, I'm going to go check on this woman. That didn't happen. And a lot of things, a lot of us think that if Jesus is helping them, he's had to leave me. And that's not the case. Because the last time I checked, my God is still omnipresent. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave lives and dwells in me. And so that spirit that was with Jairus and still healed the woman at the same time is the same spirit that's working in my life, even in the midst of the interruptions. Jesus never left Jairus to go meet her need. Jairus was still with Jesus. So in the midst of God blessing somebody else's life, you need to celebrate their victory. Learn from what Jairus didn't do. You need to learn to celebrate her victory on the way to your victory. 
You know, if we would celebrate each other in the church, we would see a whole different mindset evolve in the church. And when we celebrate our rage students, we see a whole different culture of rage rising up through awesome leaders incorporating that. When we celebrate our TWBC kids like we always do every Sunday, we see a different culture of kids rising up. Now adults, it's time for us to start celebrating one another's victories. Come on now. Well, God paid their electric bill and I didn't get mine met. We will celebrate theirs. Celebrate theirs. Just like it was yours. Because when one part celebrates, we all celebrate, the Bible says. But when one part hurts, we all hurt. No wonder the body of Christ is hurting so much because we're all hurting because all we see is the others hurt. Why don't we start celebrating something in the church? Celebrate what God's doing at TWBC. Let's celebrate one another. And so Jesus never left Jairus, even though an interruption happened. But then Mark 5, 36, but overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. See, the people had just came to Jairus. Jairus is here. Jesus is here. People come to him saying, Jairus, she's dead. Jesus overheard it, looked at him and said, don't fear, only believe. Don't fear, only believe. See, the interruption was only a cause for a greater illumination. The interruption was only a cause for a greater illumination. Now, when you read the story, have you ever wondered this this point? When he goes to the demonic man, he's called a demonic man. When he goes to the woman with the issue of blood, she's called a woman with the issue of blood. But when he goes to Jairus, he calls him by name. Am I the only one who finds that weird? When he goes to Jairus, he calls him by name. So there's something specific about a name that's mentioned in the Bible. See, it was a man, it was a woman, but Jairus. There's something specific that God is trying to do in that. And so when we really realize who Jairus was, it changes everything because he was so much more than a synagogue ruler. The name Jairus literally means this. He will illuminate. So he healed a demonic and a tormented one. He healed a woman with the issue. But he came to Jairus. And listen to this. This is my favorite part as I imagine the story. He walked... He, Jesus gets off the boat and he will illuminate, walks up to him. And he will illuminate, ask Jesus, will you go with me and heal my daughter who's sick? And Jesus said, he will illuminate, I'll go with you. (laughs) And on the way, walking with he will illuminate to his house, an interruption happens. And Jairus, he will illuminate, is standing there and thinking, what on earth is going on? I'm trying to get Jesus to my house to heal my daughter, but he stops for an interruption for we don't know how long. Could have been two minutes, could have been 30 minutes, could have been an hour. But on the way to the house, as he's dealing with the interruption, the people come to he will illuminate and say, he will illuminate, your daughter has dead. And Jesus looked at he will illuminate and said, do not fear, only believe he will illuminate. Come on now. Do not fear, only believe as he was looking at, he will illuminate. See, your interruption may end up in greater illumination than what you ever believed. 
Now, how much anticlimactic would the story be if Jesus would have just went and healed a sick girl? I believe it would have been another man that he healed a man's daughter. But he wasn't wanting to just heal a man's daughter. He was wanting to illuminate the kingdom. And so in the midst of the interruption, his impossible situation went from bad to dead. It wasn't even bad to worse. It was bad to dead. And how will you respond in your impossible situation when everything about it looks dead? This was not a, a spiritual um, a thing that it's like uh, they, that you say, oh, it's a spiritual context. This girl was really dead, physically dead, 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 not breathing, dead, so much so all the people that they paid to come cry over her laughed at Jesus. When you can get the criers to laugh about something, come on now. Did y'all ever catch that one either? Man, this counts great. When you can get the criers to start laughing about something, you know that impossible situation went to a mountain-moving impossible situation. And so in your impossible situation, when it goes from bad to dead and Jesus looks at you, he's going to tell you one thing. Do not fear. Do not succumb or submit yourself to the force that is anti-faith. Do not fear, only keep the faith because I'm fixing to illuminate. I'm fixing to go to your house because remember, I never forgot about you. He will illuminate. I've been here the whole time. He will illuminate. I've never let you go. He will illuminate. I had to deal with an issue, but he will illuminate. It's your time for me to come illuminate through your life. Just believe. And so if you'll celebrate her, he'll illuminate through you. If you'll celebrate somebody else's victory, he'll begin to illuminate areas of your life that you've never experienced before. Now, some of you this morning, I want to tell you this. You need your moment this morning. You're either tormented, you got an issue, or you're in an impossible situation. But in just a minute, you're going to have the, 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 the opportunity to get a touch from the Father in the midst of your torment, your issue, or your impossible situation. In that moment, don't remain in the moment. I want you to go into a motion or a movement. That this will be, not be your last moment with the Father. But you will start a lifestyle of faith in motion. And for many of you in here, you read this account over and over and over, and you read the torment, the issue, and the impossible situation, and because you have a consistent walk with Christ, you're like, well, I can't relate to this story. You can, you've just been trying to relate to the wrong people. You can relate. You can relate to Jesus. He's bringing you, you, you into a place to start faith in motion, not faith in moments. And if your life is consistent, going well, and it is going good right now, I want you to start going from faith to faith, faith in motion, glory to glory, glory in motion. And quit trying to connect with the ones you're not supposed to connect with. Quit trying to connect with a tormented one if you're not tormented. You're only opening up doors in your life for torment. Listen. And don't overbeat yourself up. If the Holy Spirit brings an issue to you, deal with it. If not, don't go scrounging up issues that you may not have. If you done swept it out the door and it's in the past, leave that moment in the past. Don't bring up your bad moments. 
If you've already received forgiveness and are walking in it, leave it in the past. Don't figure you got to ask for forgiveness of it again over and over and over. Quit trying to connect with a torment you don't have, an issue you don't have, and quit trying to live in an impossible situation that's not yours. Because when you start living uh, away from the issues and the torment and the impossible situation, you're living like Jesus and you can touch the issue, the torment, and the impossible situation. We have been called to aspire to live a life of Christ. Not the demonic torment, not the issue person, and not the impossible situation person. When you call yourself a Christian, you say then, I am a follower of Christ. That means I should look like Christ, act like Christ, talk like Christ, walk like Christ. And in some of your lives, that biggest issue of looking, liking, walking, talking, and being like Christ, you simply got to learn to forgive people. You're wanting to lay your hands on people and see miracles. And God says, if you really want to walk like Christ, you just need to forgive. When he kicked the ones who were laughing at him out of the room, there was no animosity in his heart, and I'll tell you how I know why. Because he just raised a dead girl 10 seconds later. He wasn't mad at them. He just said, get out the house. I ain't got time for your foolishness. I got got faith in motion that's got to connect in a moment. And so this morning, as the worship teams come and the altar people come, Margaret, can you come pray with people this morning? Mark and Shara, can y'all come pray with people? Frank and Janet, can y'all come pray with people? Heath and April, you know I'm calling you. Um, Kendall, can you be available for Rage students as well, and Corey as well? If you have an issue, if you have a torment, if you have this morning an impossible situation, I want you to have a moment. Believe me when I preach this message, I'm not making light of the moment. I'm not making your torment smaller than it really is. I'm not making your issue smaller or your impossible situation smaller than it is in the eyes of you. But I'm telling you, when you can get outside the moment and start having faith in motion, that moment, literally, God will touch it in the moment but not so you can stay and just celebrate the moment, but he, he wants to get some faith in motion happening. Have you ever noticed when you line up a bunch of dominoes, you hit the first one and then all the rest? It's not supposed to be any different in your faith walk. When he knocks down that first big issue, don't stop the domino to take up an offering and celebrate. Let it hit the next issue and the next issue and the next issue. you could be amazed how if we would not stop the motion for the moment, How God won't just heal the moment, he'll heal every part of your life. All of it. From top to bottom.